0: Because everything he is. That is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boati as Christ is magnified in you. There are various descriptions of the church. The church is described as a body. And I've spoken about it. It's also described as a bride. Do okay. you know a bride? There was a bride here last Saturday. Yes. A bride is one who is made for marriage. Wow. So the church, which is the body of Christ, is the bride of Christ as well. You see how ladies don't joke with their weddings? Have you seen a lady who is getting married before? She doesn't play with the wedding at all. Have you seen a gentleman who wants to get married as well? Also, if he's really interested in the marriage, you will see that he's doing all kinds of things to make sure that the wedding is done as it's supposed to be done. You see that he's providing money, hey, it's not a small thing. Weddings can cost an arm and an arm and a leg, or even a lung or a liver. Hey, it's not a small thing. You marry some in Jesus' name, you too, you wear your white gown. And your husband will also be wearing his white suit. And you realize that you are marching towards him. Hey! Do you believe what I'm saying? Yeah? It will happen live in your life. If you read Ephesians chapter 5, eh? Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 22, the, the concept of the fact that the church is the bride of Christ is spoken of. Jesus is saying, I will build my church because he is interested in accepting marriage. Yeah. We are all corporately going to marry our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now, keep your finger here in Ephesians chapter 5. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's read verse 1 and verse 2. And verse 3. Okay? Keep your finger in Ephesians 5.22. Go to 2 Corinthians 11.1. 1. This is Paul talking. Okay? Then he says, Would God you could bear with me a little in my folly. And indeed, bear with me. Paul is going to say something. He says, I want you to bear with me in my, in my folly, in, in the way I'm going to talk. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. He was writing to the church in Corinth. And he says, I am jealous over you. I am jealous. Do you understand jealousy? I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. In other words, I'm ready to protect you with my life. I'm ready to protect you with my life and make sure you go where God wants you to go. I am, for I am jealous about you with godly jealousy. He calls it godly, so there's godly jealousy. For I have esp- Why? For I have espoused you to one husband. I've espoused the whole church to one husband. That I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Have you seen it? So he says the whole church is... If he wants to present the whole church to Jesus Christ, who is the husband, as a chaste virgin. Wow. Wow. Then he says, but I fear, lest by any means, as a serpent, beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. This is so important to the Lord. And I'm going to share some more with you, okay, as we go on. This verse 3 is very very important. Just leave it at verse 3. It's very, very important to see. I I fear, but I fear, lest by any means, as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. You know, the church is like Eve. There's something in the Bible called typology. Have you ever heard of typology? I'm hoping to get into some typology with you next year. I'm hoping to decode the vegetables with you next year. This is my first year here in this church. So I want to do foundational teachings for the whole year. Then next year, I'll start getting into the types of Christ in the Old Testament. How Christ, you know, so Jesus is in the Old Testament hidden. And he's in the New Testament revealed. Okay, so in, in the New Testament, you see him clearly. But in the, in the Old Testament, he's conceived. He's all the sacrifices that Israel was making in the, in the Old Testament, in the desert. He's the, he's the brazen altar, he's the brazen bowl, he's, he's everything. He's, a, he's incense, he's the flower, he's the lamb, he's everything. He's the priest. Everything about the priest, even the priest dressing was about Christ. His turban, to his breastplate, to his belt, to his robe, everything represents Christ. It's an amazing thing, you'd be surprised. That even the oil that they used to anoint the priest... Was compounded with Christ in mind. But they didn't even know what we were doing. Yes. They didn't even know what we were doing. The things that were included in the oil were actually things concerning Christ. So, one of the typologies you see in the Old Testament is the typology that Eve represents. Okay. The church is, a, is described as a woman, isn't it? Uh-huh. There's, a, there's a doctrine of the woman in the Bible. <laughs> Not what you think, and that's what I'm saying. Which is, the, is the, actually the church? You see how, when Eve was going to be produced, Adam was told to sleep, isn't it? Yeah. Or rather, Adam was put to sleep. When Adam slept, Eve was taken; a rib was taken out of Adam, and then Eve was made. Is that so? Yeah. Beautiful. In the same way, when Christ's side was pierced, and blood and water gushed out. The church also was produced out of Christ. Yeah, the church came, the church is just like Eve. Just as Eve came out of Adam, the church also came out of Christ. So Paul is making that typology. He says, I'm afraid, lest by any means, just as the serpent beguiled Eve, who is the serpent? The devil. Just as the devil beguiled or deceived Eve, so your minds, okay, through his subtlety or his deception, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Christ is very simple. He's not complex at all. Yeah, you don't need to hear some whodious message about the stars and the skies and the earth and all kinds. It's like the more mysterious the message is, the more it's like it's from God. He's letting you know that, listen, the thing is very simple. You don't need to be, you don't need to complicate your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus loves you. Is that too difficult to understand? He loves you. He's in love with you. Paul said, What shall separate us from the love of God that is in Christ for us? Romans chapter 8, verse 34. He says, Who is it that condemned? It is Christ that died. here rather that is risen again. Who is who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? Go to verse 37, so that we don't read too much. Okay, this is very powerful. He says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Next verse. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Verse 39 Nor height nor death Nor any other creature Shall be able to separate us From the love of God Which is in Christ Jesus our Lord The love of God that we have In Christ Jesus Is not a small thing He says nothing can separate you Whether it's death, life, persecution, sword, peril Nothing can separate you God loves you And just accept his love Okay You know, there are some Christians who don't like it when Christians are blessed. Who is that there? Who is that? There are some Christians, I don't know why they think like They feel that, like, Christians must suffer. Christians must not do well. Because this world is not our home. We are just passing through. But our Lord said before he went, he left, that occupy till I come. That's what he said, Occupy. Occupy till I come. In other words, take charge until I come. Amazing. Amazing. Hmm. Anyways. So, the body of Christ is also the bride of Christ. And I showed you what Paul said, right? I'm jealous about you with godly jealousy. For I've espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin unto Christ. Jesus does not want to marry an old lady. He would want to marry a young, beautiful bride. Is it true? Yeah, No young man wants to marry You are 20 You are 25 And you are marrying a 75 year old There's something wrong Maybe you are doing it for the money You are 24 And you are marrying an 85 year old Do you get it? You can be a 25 year old Young man and be marrying a 30 year old Beautiful woman There's nothing wrong with it it's, it's, it's correct, it's nice, it's beautiful. Yeah. Because she's, she's a bride. She's even matured. You wouldn't have to think about some unnecessary things. When you marry a small girl, you see that you're, it's not an easy thing. Hey! hey. 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 Hmm. Do you like what I'm saying? Hey. See me in chambers. Anyway. So, Christ wants to marry a young bride. So if you go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, he starts showing it to you. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Next verse. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. You see, he's talking about husband and wife. Then he says, he brings Christ in. Wives, submit your husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. Have you seen it? Go to the next verse. Therefore, as a church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Next verse 25. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. You see that there's something special between Christ and the church, just as there is something special between the husband and the wife. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church, and gave himself for it. He loved the church so much, he gave himself for it. For what purpose? That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, That he may present it to himself, a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that it should be holy and without blemish. So he wants a beautiful church without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle. Presented to himself. He wants to present, he says that he might present, he died for the church so that he might present the church himself. A glorious church or a glorious bride. Now jump all the way to verse 30. There are some beautiful things between 27, 28, and 30, but then let's look at 30, okay? For we are members of his body, of Christ's body, of his flesh, and of his bones. Then he says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife. And there too shall be one flesh. Have isn't it? This is a great mystery It's called the great mystery But I speak concerning Christ and the church see, he's talking about marriage He says that marriage is actually a great mystery He's not talking about marriage He says that marriage represents a great mystery And that great mystery is actually the mystery that exists between Christ and the church Okay, The wife is a church The husband is Christ So every marriage is actually an expression of the relationship that exists between Christ and the church So the church is the Lord's bride as well It's not just his body It's also his bride Hallelujah Hallelujah. And he will do anything To be married to this bride Anything So when it comes to the church The rules always change The rules always changes Jesus does not talk And behave like he would do on a normal day Because of love Yeah. When you fall in have you fallen in love before? It's not a small thing. It's like you don't feel fine. When you are in love, I'm saying all this to let you know that Jesus too, his emotions are suspended because of you and I. He has he he thinks differently when it comes to uh, uh his his marriage to the to the church. He thinks very, very differently. He doesn't think the normal way. It's not that he has lost his senses, but just like the way you also, so your senses are suspended for some time, <laughs> it's the same way. Because you see, there's, the, Bible, the way the Bible talks about, the, the way Jesus talks about the church and preparing the bride, it's like he, there's something going on. Hey! And last, the last time I was trying to explain to you from Matthew chapter 10, do you remember? So let's look at it. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Let's read from, hmm, from verse 34. It says, Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I thought Jesus was the prince of peace. Is he not the prince of peace? Yeah. yeah he's the prince of I showed you another scripture. Look at John chapter um, John 14, 27. Peace I live with you. <laughs> My peace I, beque- I give you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. But when he came to the other side, when he was talking about his church, and you know, what, how does he build his church? He builds his church through the ministry of reconciliation, isn't it? Yeah. Through bringing more people in and raising them. So when he started talking about taking up your cross and following him to do what he does, to do what he's interested in, which is building his church. He said, I will build that's the only thing he said I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You see. So even though he's the Prince of Peace, and he's the one who has brought us peace between God uh, and ourselves, when it comes to the church, he talks differently. So in this place, he says, think not that I'm come to send peace on the earth, on earth. Ah, I thought you said you were you are, my peace I give to you. Not as a word giver, I give I unto you. At that time he was talking on the normal with the normal emotion, whatever. Okay? But on this in this particular side, he was talking about his bride and how to, what he is doing to prepare his bride or what he's doing to prepare his wedding day, and he's not joking at all. He says, "Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. I have come to set you guys against each other." Because when you decide that you are going to start building a church That is when your mother becomes some way (laughs) You go to church too much (laughs) Why do you like going to church Like that (laughs) Yesterday someone called me And said uh, His brother-in-law Is in church And his father-in-law was talking The boy doesn't come home early This, This this this, And then he told him that at least He's not in a nightclub he's not in a club and the father-in-law became cool he became fine now he's encouraging the boy go to church be in the house of god but initially it was not easy yeah it was a problem why is why are you now coming this one this one some of you want you close you don't go to the house because you're also looking for a bride like christ is looking for a bride your emotions are also suspended your senses are suspended for a brief period so you also hallelujah Look at the next verse, verse 36. It says, And the man's foe shall be they of his own household. Your own household will not like you when you decide to be committed to the Lord. Oh, yeah. Next verse. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He. Yeah. Like if you love your mother or your father more than me, then you are not worthy of me. No, I mean, why should you pitch us against our parents? Only parents, children, wife. He says, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. He's talking. He's interested in one thing. I'm marrying. It's either you're helping me marry or forget it. Don't nobody. Jesus is marrying. marrying. When are you marrying? You weren't expecting that. (laughs) He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Wow. Wow. Are you seeing it? It's like he wants everybody to leave whatever he or she is doing and do and help him get this particular thing done. Next verse. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Now, what is the cross? The cross is your part, your portion in building the body of Christ. Let me show it to you. Keep your finger here. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Let's read verse 24. Colossians one twenty-four. This is Paul talking. Let's read 23 to 24 so that you understand it a bit more. Okay? If you conjoin the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, I'm made a minister. I've it. So Paul is the one talking. He says, I'm made a minister. Next verse. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Let's read it in other. Let's read it in amplified. We don't understand. I said it's too fast. Let's read it in amplified. He says, Even now, me Paul, even now, I rejoice in the midst of my sufferings on your behalf. When it comes to building Christ's body and preparing his bride, he doesn't care whether you suffer or not. He actually wants you to suffer to make sure that his church is built. Even though he has taken away suffering. He has taken away suffering of any kind of any form. He has taken us from darkness and has brought us into his marvelous light he has brought us from the power of satan to the power of god go to acts chapter 26 let me show you something sure. acts 26 let's read from verse um, 18 normally i don't want us to read too much so no let's read from from verse 15 this is concerning paul okay his conversion the day he, re- he, the day he saw jesus and received christ and I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand, up upon, stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. To make thee a minister. This is Jesus talking to Paul. I have appeared for, unto you for this purpose. To make you a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen. And of those things in which I will appear unto thee. Next verse. Delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. I'm sending you to do something for me. To build my church. To open, I'm sending you to open their eyes. So everyone who is not born again has his eyes blind. He's blinded. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and verse 4 says it. He says, the God of this world has blinded the eyes of them who do not believe. Lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine upon them. So they are, they are blind. So he, he sent Paul and said, go and open their eyes. And turn them from darkness to light. And from the power of Satan unto God. This is what happens when you become one again. You are taken from the power of Satan and brought to God. You are taken from darkness and brought to light. Do you understand darkness? Yeah. Darkness is any form of any form of wickedness. Any form of suffering. Jesus took us from the power of darkness. The power of the devil. And brought us into light. Into a glorious life. I've preached, on to, I've preached to you so many times. Christ knew the hope of glory. Christ knew the hope of constant, strong assurance of expectation of good only. But when it comes to the building up of the body of Christ, he says, you must suffer. Hey. I said, the guy wants to marry. Because he wants to marry. I don't know if you have been a bridesmaid a bride before. Or a maid of Anna before. Like, especially maid of Anna. It's a big deal. I tell you. You'll be bending down with your high heel and doing all kinds of things. Depending on whether the plans were good or not, a day or two before the wedding, you realize say a lot of things have not been done, and you must move around and get some things done. Right now, these days, the ladies don't get somebody who will help them, they only get someone who will be taking pictures. So, whilst you are the bride is suffering, and the ladies, the bride, all the maid of honors will be there taking pictures, they'll be doing instagram snapchat instead of getting people who are close and can help you and you only care about 75 people following you with different colors of dresses red blue yellow indigo what are the various colors you have now no right now they have certain names for the colors what wicked red wicked red yeah is it true is there wicked red your husband said wicked red all kinds of colors, burgundy and what? Magenta. What? Jewel tone. What? What? Chantress. Ay! What? Chantress. It- I can't see it. I may end up biting my tongue. I don't want to be tempted. Hey! What? Commitment. Yeah. It's a color. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. It's your color. Mint and color color. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> but if you're a genuine maid of honor, eh, you realize that it is work. Yeah. You have to get a lot of things done for the bride to be married. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the things that um, Jesus has designed for us to do you know if you remember I read to you in Ephesians chapter I'm seeing a lot of things but I'll retrace my steps back to where I was okay if you remember I mentioned that Jesus is looking for a bride isn't it yeah and the church is his bride do you remember now if you remember I mentioned to you from in verse 25 he says that husbands love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church. If you read this one, you realize that it's like Jesus will be presenting us to himself. He will be presenting the church to himself. But actually, that's not how it's going to be done. No groom presents the bride on her to himself. The groom depends on the father of the bride for presentation. Have you seen it? Yeah. Now, every child of God is responsible for presenting another child of God. Because as far as God is concerned, even though we are in the body of Christ and we are bride, we are the bride, Okay, everyone in the bride must present everyone in the bride. I don't know if you are catching it. (laughs) So let me show it to you. I, I remember mentioning it in passing in 2 Corinthians 11. Paul said, I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. Verse 2, 11, 2. For I'm jealous over he says, I'm jealous over you with godly jealousy because for I have espoused you to one husband. I have given you out to a certain husband. And I want to present you that I may present you a chaste virgin to Christ. Have you seen it? Yeah. So Paul is talking as though he's the one who's going to do the presentation to Christ. But Christ was also saying that I'll present you to myself. So who actually does the presentation? It's the bride. Paul was part of the bride. Paul was part of the he was he was part of the body of Christ. And he was so concerned about the Corinthian church and presenting them to the Lord on that day. Amazing. So every one of us is supposed to present somebody to the Lord on that day. Obi-Arabia. Obi-Arabiera. Do you know Obi-Arabia? Everybody. Colossians chapter 1. Let's read 27 into 28. Paul mentions a similar thing once again. Colossians 1, 27 to 28. To whom God will make known what is the riches of glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, whom we preach, that's the next verse, warning every man. He says we preach Christ, warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Have you seen it? He's saying it here again that he wants to present some people perfect in Christ in Christ Jesus. The word "perfect" is us, matured, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. So Christians are meant to present Christians. <laughs> so the question is, who are you presenting on that day? First Thessalonians chapter two, verse nineteen. Look at First Thessalonians two nineteen. For what is our hope? Or joy or crown of rejoicing, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. Have isn't it? I don't know if you are seeing it. He says, For what is our hope? What is my hope? Or joy or crown of rejoicing? My crown of rejoicing is that you will be in the presence of God. And not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming. He says, At his coming, he will present you. On that day, and as he presents you, he will get a crown of rejoicing. Go to the next verse. Then it says, For you are our glory and joy. The people were his glory and his joy. Because when they are presented before the Lord on that day, successfully, he will receive a crown and he'll be giving his accolades and praises. Are you seeing it? <laughs> it's not a job for Paul, it's everybody, every child of God. So many scriptures I can show. Go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. Philippians 4 1. I hope I'm right. Uh huh. This is Paul talking. He says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown. (laughs) So stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. He called the people my joy and my crown. Like on that day when he presents them, he will get the crown of rejoicing. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's read verse. Let's read verse 18. Second Corinthians 1, verse 18. Are you surprised these things are in the Bible? Hmm. Let's go to verse 13. 13 and 14. It's actually 13 and 14. He says, For we write none other things unto you than what you read or you read or acknowledge. And I trust you shall acknowledge even to the end. Next verse. As also you have acknowledged us in part. That we are your rejoicing, we are your rejoicing, even as you also are, are ours in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, as He's presenting them, they're also presenting Him. I sing it yeah. <laughs> hallelujah. hallelujah! There's more. Go to Philippians chapter 2, from verse 14 to verse 16. Do all things without memories and disputings. He's writing to this church. He says, Do all things without memories and disputing, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and a perverse nation, perverse nation, among whom you shine as light in the world. So he's teaching them to grow up. Okay, next verse. Holding forth the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. He says, Live well, so that you can stand before the Lord blameless, so that I can rejoice. On that day when you are presented before the Lord. (laughs) Wow. So there are churches that don't talk about what I'm talking about. And behave as though it doesn't exist. They will get a surprise for all their members when they get there. (laughs) It's the truth. It's like, sometimes talking like this is very difficult. eh? I was telling our leaders on Sunday. That when I'm preaching, let's all go out. Let's go, go and preach. Let's try. At least make somebody committed to the Lord in a year. Establish somebody in the house of God within the course of a year. Try, because after all is said and done, Your house will not matter. Your hairstyle will not matter. Your shoes that you bought here will not matter. Your dresses that you bought, the travelings that the travels you had—you went to America, Dubai, London, New York, to Boston, to whatever. I mean, all those things will not. Whether I went to Ontario or Toronto, makes no difference. When you stand before the Lord, how are you going to, who are you going to present on that day? It's so important. Everybody wants a calm, cool, collected church. AC is blowing everybody. We all go to church nicely. And then at the end of the day, we all close. And then we all go home with our nice, to our nice families. And then we, we eat lunch uh, on Sunday, Sunday afternoon lunch. If you are doing your Sunday afternoon lunch and you are inviting somebody from the streets to come and bless the person and covenant with the person that for the next three years I'm going to be looking after you until you are established. Oh, Charlie. You'll be surprised how on that day you'll be presenting somebody. If you fall dead today, you have people to present. Yeah. Do you like what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. The reason I'm asking you is because a lot of Christians don't like what I'm saying. They just tune off. Let's just let's just Relax. But I said, Jesus, Jesus wants a marriage. He wants to marry his bride. And the rules there are different. Very, 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 very different. Very, very different. He says, listen, even if you love your son or your daughter more than me, you are not worthy of me. Take up your cross. Suffer. I mean, go through discomfort because of me. That's what he's saying. I've blessed you. I've increased you. But go through discomfort. Paul said, I'm going through some afflictions for the purpose of the building up of the body of Christ. Yeah. Who are you presenting on that day? You must be presenting somebody. Some people must, must have a reference to it. Like when they refer, 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 it comes to you that you started that particular chain. That particular chain of Christians who are stable in the house. So it's not just leading someone to Christ. Leading someone to Christ is very powerful. But after leading the person, the person must be established. You must establish some people in the house of God. Because actually he's not just looking for people to be around. He's looking for people who are matured. Remember, he's not going to marry a wife who is not matured. He wants a wife that is matured. So he's depending on you to also make sure they are mature, they are growing, as they are supposed to. I'll show you some more as we go. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What do you think about what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Do you like it? Yeah. Are you learning anything? Yeah. So don't say that when you are 50, you will stop doing, like you will stop doing soul winning and establishing people in the house of God. When you are 50, because you are, you are 50, now I'm 50. And some people feel that 50 is so old. Stop thinking like that. 50, you are a young person. You are very young. Stop behaving like you are grandma. You are not grandma. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go back to Matthew chapter 10. There are so many scriptures that talk about we presenting. You must present. Some presentation must go on. Yeah. Some presentation must go on. Yeah. Yeah. We're in 38 now. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. I was talking about the cross. Hmm? Yeah. He's expecting to even die for him. Can you imagine? To even die in your attempts to build up the body of Christ. You see, all the disciples of Jesus Christ you know they all died wild deaths Behead, some were beheaded some were thrown into two some were fried to death some were crucified upside, upside down some were, I mean it's not a, nobody drowned nobody died by drown everybody was killed by a group of people who did not like Jesus yeah but they didn't care they preached and died the one who translated the Bible into English William the was Ben at the stakes. was translating the Bible into English by the church and he didn't say, I'm sorry, I will not do that again. He died happily. What makes people die happily? Educated people, rich people die happily for the Lord. It's because they understand some things. They understand the importance, how important the church is to the Lord, how important the building up of the church is to the Lord. And they weren't interested in keeping their lives. So Jesus talks about it. Look at an excerpt, verse 39. He that findeth his life shall lose it. I mean, I'm in love. Jesus says, I'm in love. It's, you can lose your life because of my love, and I, 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 I will honour you. Yeah. He that find that his life shall lose it. He's talking to. Are you an I-O? Yeah. Some people said this one I was talking to the Jews. Oh, Mali, it is to the church. <laughs> It is to the church. So a lot of people in the church want a cozy, cool, calm, nice life. Listen, that air-conditioned car is to carry some mulliganos people to the house of God. Open your air condition When you park your nice car and you open it, the slave queens will enter. And you bring them to the house of God. I'm taking you to a party. You bring them to the house of God. They will preach to them. Get them born again. And then you can, you can take one or two of them. It's not difficult looking after people, though. I look after people. So I know it's not difficult. You don't need much. You don't need much. Yeah, You don't need much. At all. If you so, every week I'll give you 100 CDs. For some time. So that you can find your your feet. I'll help you find your feet. I'll help you look for a job. I'll help you do this and help you do that. Oh, you'll be surprised. That grace will be available to help you to do it. And to establish one person. One prostitute for the house of the Lord. Street children. Hey, why should we, big men and women, and street children are there, and we can't take care of them? We can't do some things. George Muller took care of ten thousand street children. Ten thousand street children. Most of them finished university before he died. He looked after them from age two, till they finished university, masters, PhD. Look, fed, clothed, fed, clothed, schooled them, everything. Ten thousand children. Tell you, tell you. You think such a person will be uh, played around with by the Lord? No, 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 no. no. I mean, God sees him in a different light. But is in a completely different light from the one who knew about the Lord's uh, uh, whatever? He he enjoyed all the prosperity and all the blessings for himself and was living a bougie life. Yeah. Oh yeah, my name is Bougie. Displaying various cars. You're a Christian, you display various cars. It's powerful. You are showing for the glory of God. But who is it benefiting? Who is it benefiting? So grow up right. You have not started yet when you've not started helping people. You, know, you have to start helping. You have to help people. That is why responsibility means taking care, of, taking care of others. Yeah. God, especially, to take up responsibility in this house. As the years go by, as the months go by, start looking after someone. Spiritually, first. Then you can do physically as well as time goes on. Do you know that these public schools, you don't need to pay my school fees. The school fees are like uh, fifty cities or something like, that. and people can go to school. Do you know? Yeah. There's a school in Kumasi. We give, I give thousands cities to them every term, and it, I'm surprised that number of school fees able to pay. Like pay plenty people school fees. For the, to the extent that the headmistress comes to my office to come and thank me every semester. Thank you. Oh, if you had not given like a thousand. Yes, it has done something for us. you would be surprised. Huh? You know the school. Yeah. Am I lying? You are the one who brought her to my office the first time. He has been there like three times. Just to come and thank us. Thank you. Oh man. Many people can go to school. Let's let's help. Let's help people. God is interested in people, though. God is interested in people. I mean. Get a nice house, live in it. It's powerful. But after your nice house, what? Uh-huh, then, then, to uh-huh, Into uh-huh. so, what should we do? You are turning into and I am not a man fraud. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yo, you have lived in Ghana for too long. You have to understand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He that findeth his life shall lose it. He's building his church. It's amazing, brothers and sisters. The Lord is building his church, and he's building the church with you and I. It's you and I who are built. He's he's madly in love, and he doesn't care who you are. Lose your life. He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life for my sake, for my sake. This is personal it's personal it's a lot's personal uh joy It's his it's it's about him for my sake shall find it yeah you know one of the reasons why i learned the bible so that i'll be able to help others yeah it's one of the major reasons why i learned the bible so that i'll know i'll be able to answer the question that is bothering your mind so that nothing can take you away from the kingdom of God because something happened, you prayed for money and nothing happened. So now you are offended with God. There are a lot of Christians like that now. I asked God for something, He has not given me Lord. This is your last chance. And God also didn't mind you. When what he said it was last his last chance, he said, eh, hey, go, go away. <laughs> yeah. Because you don't understand what is at stake. You are looking only at yourself and what you can get and all of that. This is lose your life. You are finding your life. You don't need to start ministering to the body of Christ. When you have everything made, he says, even babes in Christ, babes, as soon as they are born, responsibility. He gives them responsibility. He's in love. He's in love. You see how, how, how we, we take children through a match to, to match at the, at the altar, to match in front of the wedding. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I was a page boy and what? Flower girl, page page boy, right? Little bride and all of that. They can't walk, but we say they should. We want, in your vision of your wedding, you saw a child walking. So that child must walk and put flowers on the way for you. Adelaide. I remember we had some three-year-olds during my wedding to my, with my wife, and they were supposed to walk. We took them through the house. I tell you, and when they did, they came and we were walking. They weren't walking straight. One was walking here, the other was walking here, and the other was walking somewhere else. Said, Let's just walk. Let's go. It's part of the vision we had. Yeah. In the same way, Jesus too wants even children to be part of making sure His wedding is coming on. Lose your life for My sake. Hey. Yeah. People have died taking the gospel to other places. So, do you know those who came here, two came into this country to come and preach to us for us to be born again and be part of the body of Christ and become what we are today? Came with their, their luggage, their their whatever, their clothes in coffins. And they were 22 years old, 21, 25. The oldest was 27. You are too old. I tell you 27 at most nobody, nobody was 30 everybody small small boys they, they weren't being really interested in marriage that was their own suffering they can marry but they decided that we don't want to marry let's serve our Lord and die yeah yeah. it's not that Jesus has not given them the opportunity to marry you it is there but these are things that you forsake it's not that he has not given you the opportunity to prosper and be in wealth and whatever you, he says carry your cross carry your cross because of my. he himself left his throne Left his golden palace, left his golden streets, and became a normal person on earth. Walked on streets of dust, slept, and all of that. Someone who had not slept all of his life, he came to come and sleep on earth like feeble, feeble child. Herod was chasing Jesus. This is God, though. God humiliated himself to the point that Herod could chase him, looking for his life. Why? Because he's looking for a bride, he's looking for a wife. He'd be there if he himself did that. One on that day he will bring his works, what he did for his bride and you will check what you also did for his bride and then we will see you see, I did this and that, and that and that and that for you what did you also do for me you should be able to answer yeah. and give a good answer because you are hearing what I am telling you now decide that you will not be a casual nominal Christian you see it is like you are on the fence we don't know whether you are a Christian or you are a demon we don't know yeah there are some. children, but they, are, it's, they are like demons they are born again no? but they are inside the church to distract to destroy sleep around do all kinds of things like the lady when the lady is hugging you you are not thinking you are thinking differently as I are hugging you you are just shaking the breast side 28, 29 24 8. this one is like apples this one will do yeah and then you start thinking along a certain line, you start moving along. There's something wrong with you. You are not you, ask the Lord is building up his church, you want to destroy it. One day you'll be slapped that you'll be surprised. It's the truth, though. You'll be you be when it comes to when it comes to the church, he is different, even judgment is different. He judges. Can you imagine? Yeah, he is different. So let's start thinking straight, okay says, I'll build my church. And he needs you to build. To be part of it. To be part of his all time highest or biggest project. Someone must point to you and say, If it wasn't because of Ezra, I would not have been serious with God. Someone must point. If it wasn't because of Papani, I would not have been serious with the Lord. I am serious with the Lord and I, am, I understand scriptures and I'm stable in the house of God because of you. Then you are talking. Okay? Yeah. So let's get on. Let's get on board. Don't let us. Let us it's like we are dragging people. Let's, as though you are building a church for me. My name is nowhere in the church. And I will not put. When I die, you can put my name somewhere. I'm not interested in putting my name on a church building and say Pastor T. Auditorium. I'm not interested. I am not interested. Because it is not about me. It is about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. All the things you are doing is because of Him. The preaching, the fights, the whatever to, whatever, to establish a church, to build a church building, all the frustration that it goes with. Hey, building one. so many, so much frustration, but I want to build more. Yeah, and I, mean, well, I want to do more for the Lord. Court cases, there's a big docket in my office right now. I have to go through this tonight. To, because of church building. Yeah. Paul said, I am carrying my part of the afflictions of Christ that remain for the buildup of his body. Jesus left some of the sufferings for us. His own was that he went to die a gruesome death so that all of us can come. Now that we have come, he says, you to do something and make sure my church is built. Hmm? Paul said, he says, even now I rejoice in the midst of my sufferings on your behalf. He was suffering, but he says, I'm rejoicing in my suffering, in the midst of my sufferings. Paul was a a PhD holder. He was a lawyer. He said, I count all those things as dung, as cow poopoo, for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Hey, what did he see? What did he see? How many lawyers are here? You know law is a very difficult thing to do, isn't it? So just imagine you have gotten your law degree, and you have done uh, whatever, masters in it, and you have become a PhD holder in it. You are master of whatever. The school he went to, he went, he went to Gamaliel school. The Bible intentionally shows us all the qualifications of Paulo. It shows us where he came from. He was wild. He wasn't a small guy at all. When he met the Lord, he said, I've left everything for him. All these things should go. I am, I've seen the most important thing, is Jesus. And I'm ready to sacrifice my life to make sure what he's interested in is done. Yeah. I am giving my life. Go back to the other place. This is, it's in the Bible. Philippians 3.8. It's all there. Go back to the other place. Colossians 1.24. Even now, I rejoice in the midst of my sufferings on your behalf. And in my own person, I am making up whatever is still lacking and remains to be completed on our part of Christ's afflictions. So there are afflictions that are left. There, there are some sufferings that only you, need, you will have to go through. When you go through it, to build his body. And yeah, you have done what he wants you to do. Do you understand what I'm saying? He will not come back to, he will not come and die again. Yeah, people had to die. Hey, it's serious, though. It's serious. This thing that we, we call Christianity now, that we are enjoying on this level, people have died for it. Even now, people are dying. Even now, people are dying. Even now. This is two years ago, one um, bishop in Nigeria, not northern part of Nigeria, was beheaded by one of the Islam, whatever. Yeah, the head of the Pentecostal Council. Head. They caught him and beheaded him. And put it on camera. Put it on Facebook and all of those places. Yeah, he was around. That's his suffering. He could have stayed in the south happily with his family and lived until now. But he chose to go and live there and preach the gospel to those people. Raise people there. Build a church there. And that's what he had to suffer for it. Do you think he would just enter heaven like that? There are meltdowns for such people. When it comes to those who suffer because of his body, because of the buildup of his body, they are in a different class. Let me, let me tell you one last story. Then I'll close. One day, say one day. one day. The sons of Zebedee, James and John, came to Jesus with their mother. And they came to tell Jesus that. When in your kingdom, the mother said, in your kingdom, I want one of my sons to sit on your right, your right hand, and the other one to sit on your left. I mean, this is his, she's looking for a place of importance for her children in the kingdom of God. It's in the Bible. You can check Matthew. Matthew 20, 20. Then the mother of Zebedee's children came up to him with her sons and, and kneeling down, worshipped him and asked the favor of him. And he asked her, What do you wish? She answered him, Give orders that these two sons of mine may sit one at your right hand and one at your left hand in your kingdom. The mother knew that there's a certain kingdom that will be there. Brothers and sisters, don't think that when people die is the end. It's not the end though. I don't know what else you want us to see if you believe that jesus is god when he came he spoke about a word after this one he is god nobody has ascended up he came down and he is coming to say that there's something after if there were if there was not something after i would not have told you that i go to prepare a place for you that's what he said in john chapter 14. so there's something more don't follow all those guys who say oh life is just here let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die brother it is not true there's something more there's something more i tell you and one day whether you like it or not no matter how much life you you want one day it's either you are raptured or you fall dead you will not be here forever even those who lived up to 900 are not here they lived on it for 900 years just imagine walking up and now for 900 years they are moving up and down even day they, they are not here how much more you that they say they have given you 80 and 120 and all of that i mean who yet then you will go whether by rapture or by death you will not be here forever what about the next place you have qualified because you are born again. But it's not about qualification. What are you going to be in that place? Who else is coming there because of you? That's what is, that is what is at stake now. So they came. Listen, give us one, one here, one there. Next verse. But Jesus replied, you do not realize what you are asking. He didn't say, hey, it's not there. He says, you don't realize what you're asking. Are you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? And be baptized with the baptism with which I am I am baptized. Then they answered, We are able. <laughs> Ambitious young men. We are we will do them, go feed them. We go feed them. We go doam. do them. You know the cup Jesus is talking about? It's called the cup of sufferings and the baptism of sufferings. Yeah. So Jesus replied to them. When he said we are able, he said to, he said to them, You will drink my cup, I tell you. But seats at my right hand and at my left are not mine to give, but they are for those for whom they have been pre- ordained and prepared by my Father. Meaning that the Lord has prepared and ordained a place for you in His kingdom. The question is will you sit there? You have to sit there. Tell anybody you have to sit there. You have to sit there. Follow the Lord. Don't love your life. Like, try. You see? Yeah. Some of you are walking up and down because of the because of the gospel, because of Jesus Christ. Yeah. You are walking up and down. You don't have loyalty, faith, but you make sure you are in church. You make sure that soul is blessed. Do you think the Lord is just looking at you like that? Your reward, then you can't, you can't even take it. I tell you, you can't you can't handle it. Your reward. The Lord reward you, you'll be surprised. When we say our car, do you understand? It's actually a good thing to say. It depends on the <laughs> facial expression of the person saying it. <laughs> yeah. My cup, say my cup. my cup. Yeah. It's called the cup of his sufferings. And it is not given to everybody. Not given to everybody. So when we talk about sufferings in Christ, in the body, that's what we are talking about. It's not suffering with respect to health. Like your health is not going up. I'm dying. What is it? I'm suffering for the Lord, brother. That one, there's faith for that one. That, that one has nothing to do with this. With the body of Christ, building up the body. This one, you are, you are dying unnecessarily. He needs you alive to do his work. Get out of your sick bed and come and do his work. If you die while was doing his work, it's fine. That one he's happy with. Uh-huh. But if you die, you are just dying just like that. For nothing realize that you are dying, go and do something for and die also' you are doing something for the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Next verse. But when the, ten, the other disciples go angry because the mother had come to request for such a powerful thing. And amazingly, these people, these guys drank of his cup. Can you imagine that the first of the disciples to die was the first son, James. After Jesus died, he was the next person to die. The next apostle to die. Yeah, he drank it. pie. It was the first to go. And the, the, the second born was the last one to die. John was the last one to die. Yeah, so as well one sat on the right and one sat on the left. Yeah, because when we start counting, we start counting like this and it comes back. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, but this, is, this, is, this is it too. This is, I don't want us to have a church that's just like we are just going and coming. We have nice cars nice beautiful wives and husbands with our four children we are all wearing the same dress and then we are coming like that as you are coming like that, your wife is coming like this by you and then you come and sit in church and I am compelled to preach a nice message to you and your family so that you can be happy you don't want to lose anything, nothing. are just happy if I tell you, raise your sons so that we can send them as missionaries. Eh, pastor. Have you sent your sons that you are coming to send my sons? Yeah. Have you sent your sons that you are coming to send my sons? And we say, let your daughter marry a missionary, this missionary, so that they can be in Togo. Hey, eh, Pastor. Now, Togo, dear, what is there? What are we doing in Togo? To go. What are we doing to to go? (laughs) To go where? Where are we going? Let's have a different type of church. Yeah, where we are happy when people are going for missions. Yeah, we are happy. We train and raise our sons to go. Go, go and spend five years or ten years somewhere. Save the lord there with your life if you die he will bury you listen because if you sign your son your son up to the military what you're saying is that it's finished all. if he dies do you know that even if, they, if they, i was asking a military officer if they die in training they can die in training do you know they can die in training i didn't know they could die in training apparently they can die in training your friend did yeah he's gone and it's like it's honorable he never shot a gun honorable. Right? he has died in the military. You ah, must die for the Lord. You have to build this church. Have you been blessed. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti Podcast. Simply search for Pastorti on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.